Welcome to the Startup of the Year podcast, where each episode we showcase exciting new companies from around the world. This podcast is produced by Established, creators of the Startup of the Year program. Established is focused on helping organizations with their innovation, startup, and communication strategies. Thank you to our podcast sponsor, Silicon Valley Bank. Frank Gruber here with another podcast episode of the Startup of the Year podcast. I'm joined by Rich Malloy and Jen Consavo and Lori Teal. Hey, hey everyone. Hey. How's everybody? How are you guys doing today? Hey, hey. Hello, hello. Doing hello. great. Good. Welcome back again for another fun episode. All right. So today we have, in our regular format, five startups we're going to talk about. But before we do that, let's jump in. Let's chat a little bit about this last past week where we, we had a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl Sunday, if you will. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, a little boring. <laughs> I'm just happy that my team won, but, yeah. uh, but only because I'm from Maine and our, and the closest thing we have to a team is the Patriots. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a little slow. <laughs> I think it we can slow. all agree to that. I was, I was rooting for the referees. I was hoping <laughs> that they would not completely screw up, um, the game. And so that was, so they didn't. So congrats, you know, my team won. Go Zebras. <laughs> Go zebras! Hey, and you know what else? This year the ads were, you know, a little bit more. Um, you saw a lot of media, right? Like a lot of media coming from like old, uh, Amazon to Netflix and all the kind of entertainment that's out there. It's definitely a war on content. So saw a lot of that. What are your guys' thoughts on the overall ads? You know, my favorite was still the Washington Post. I loved uh, the ad they had at the end. Really focused on journalists. I thought that was really poignant and. Um, and really well done. Yeah, that was a really powerful ad. They spent, was it $20 million or $10 million? $10 million for that ad. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. you don't see that from newspaper companies that are turned into digital you know, media companies that often. So bravo on that. Um, definitely powerful. Um, Bumble had an ad, if you guys saw that one, with Serena Williams. Yeah, oh, that was really powerful. Yeah. Very powerful. And then any of, them, any of them that make me cry are good ones. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the Alexa ad, the, the longer version of the Alexa ad with Harrison Ford, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the you know his dog kept ordering dog food. That was pretty fun. I missed uh, that one. Oh, they've got a shorter version too. He ends up with a crate of, of dog food. <laughs> that oh. the dog every time the dog barks, they, he orders more food basically. So <laughs> pretty pretty funny. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely a, a far cry from the 1999 2000. Pets.com. Today, I'm overseeing some deliveries for Pets.com. Purely in an advisory role. I like your shorts. You're a good-looking fella. I hope they're home. Oh, wow, you can't hit the jacket. Do you guys remember that? Sure do. Can't forget it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, it's a sock puppet. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting because back then you would literally be waiting to see, like, what kind of company was advertising. And right. now it, it's so much more predictable. Um, but on the other hand, I'm, I'm really happy to see that startups aren't wasting their precious capital on something so expensive and, and limited like a Super Bowl ad. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And, uh, yeah, so no pets.com, no early stage companies jumping in with their $10 million of funding to throw down for Super Bowl. Um, what did you guys think about our, the, uh, halftime show that everyone's not talking about? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 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 Frank, I, totally forgot. 
bring back Beyonce. I just think they, there's a, I mean, I actually like Maroon 5. I know a lot of people don't, or maybe just didn't realize they still existed, but I do like them. But, you know, they, they're in Atlanta. You know, there's Jermaine Dupree in Atlanta, and there's, you know, actually I saw a, a, a post by um, Arlen Hamilton who uh, from Backstage Capital, and she said they should have just done a so-so deaf 25-year reunion, which is basically what it is, in Atlanta where they're based, and they could have had, like, amazing talent from the area, and they didn't, and, yeah, instead. A little bit of a miss. Little miss, yeah. Little miss. They, they went safe. They, they've been going safe since uh, Janet Jackson, and, Yeah. It's kind of crazy, Janet. Got Which so I actually cool. love. I don't know if, if many of you saw this, but um, but Super Bowl Sunday has kind of been dubbed, um, you know, Janet Jackson like Remembrance Day. Maybe that's mm-hmm. not what it's called, but it's it's like mm-hmm. Honor Jan- Janet Jackson Day. Yeah, yeah, and, um, and I and I I'm all for that because yeah. she need they need to bring her back. She and, didn't do anything wrong. She always gives her. Exactly. Give her a little bit of an apology and yeah. uh, devote a halftime show to Janet Jackson because well, they've really done say, that with Justin Timberlake. They could have finished it with Janet Jackson yes. as their final grand finale. And that's what Arlen had suggested. And I am totally in agreement because there's so much talent down in Atlanta in, in the music space. And they ended up going with the safe West Coast, you know, a little bit more... Um, Easy to manage kind of setup, I guess. Mm-hmm. They, well, they, had, they, they did have Outcast. I mean, that's an Atlanta group, true. right? That's I mean, true. They're, 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 so when they came on, I was like, "Oh, there we go. There's somebody." Well, from... it was just Big Boy. It wasn't the whole crew, to be you know totally frank, which I am. <laughs> <laughs> Could you be somewhat frank? <laughs> I will. Well, you're kind of right, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that'd be okay. So anyway, let's get down to business here. We've got five companies. And uh, we want to talk about kind of what they've been up to. And we're going to kick it off first with Rich. You're going to start with our company, Two Market. And it's twomarket.farm if you're following along on the internet. Uh, Rich, you want to share a little bit about what they're up to? Absolutely. So, Two Market is an app that connects chefs to farmers. And so, with farm to table being all the rage, it's wonderful to get fresh food. But how do you get fresh food straight from from the farm? It's not easy. And the farmers or the chefs that do the farm to table, they have entire they have teams that are responsible for going out and sourcing those, and they have their farmer relationships. But it's but it's just not something that's done at scale. And this is something that something that has been tried a lot of different times. I've seen a number of startups through the years that have tried tried this. But what David Moosman is doing, uh, I think. I think he's got a really good chance at, uh, at making this work. I'm really intrigued by the directions that he's going and the lessons that he's learned along the way. And so it make it, they make it super simple. They don't touch the food uh, and they don't touch the money. It's just a 50 cents per transaction. Uh, they've done over 1,300 orders. This was actually as of, uh, as of last month. They've done over 1,300 orders. Um, they have recurring buyers and, and 400 accounts set up in their system. And this is just on their, their private beta. Now, um, one of the one of the interesting things that there's a lot of interesting things about this, really. Um, you know, one of the stats that he throws out is, is that uh, in 2017, 161 billion dollars of food was wasted because it's easier for a farmer to throw away their food than try to navigate the whole process before the food rots away. So that's that was in 2017. That's 161 billion dollars of food. So we're not in unless you're in the you know the, unless you're a farmer and you're in that business, you don't really have a feel for how much food is getting wasted and how much doesn't make it to market, doesn't make it to market. So a, a little bit about David here that's uh, that was not in the Daily Deal Flow email 
in, I saw, I met David at Boomtown Boulder at the accelerator in, uh, in Boulder. I saw him pitch at a, uh, at a couple of events in Boulder. And so he was actually, he started out as an NFL lineman and his caloric intake to, uh, to maintain his weight was 13 to 15,000 calories a day. Right. Oh the, his his variable range is what the USDA recommends that most humans just eat oh on a daily God. basis. <laughs> right. <Wow. laughs> Polar bears eat twelve thousand calories a day. He so NFL linemen eat more than polar bears, right? Wow. And it, you know, and he said at that point he didn't care what it was; he just needed to eat it, and he was eating mm-hmm. and drinking p- protein shakes and mm-hmm. calorie shakes all the time. So he knows a thing or two about eating. Mm-hmm. And so then, when he left uh, the NFL, he became a chef. And so he was a chef in a, in a farm-to-table table restaurant and was really focused on sourcing good ingredients and knew what a pain it was. So he knows a thing or two about, about cooking. So he's got the eating and the cooking down, and he decided to set out to solve the problem that he was really passionate about, and that's um, reducing food waste, uh, increasing farmers' income by giving them and by, by taking that fresh food and, get, and putting it on the tables so that anybody, whether you're an NFL lineman or a polar bear or a, uh, a regular human, uh, you can have access to fresh, uh, to fresh farm to table food. And last little note here, he's on his way to the food future accelerator in New York city. And he's really excited about that. Oh, that's amazing. Um, wow. really painted a, a great picture of the founder too. And, um, now I'm seeing like polar bears are dancing through my head as well, um, <laughs> are swimming. I don't know why they swim. Um, they're graceful underwater. Very, yeah, they're very good. Uh, it's very cool. Does anybody want to add anything there? Have any questions? I just, I love that concept. And um, I'm one of those freaks about mm. wasting food. <laughs> so I just, I just love this so much. And, and it's kind of all that perfect storm of, you know, all of his background experience and, and now going to, um, to really build on that. I'm really excited about that company. Laura, you want to add anything? I just echo everything that, I mean, I grew up on a farm. My dad is a farmer, uh, retired as an almond farmer. Definitely a long ways to go to prevent waste, and I love this idea, and I look forward to seeing and learning more about it. Yep. Great. All right. Moving along. Uh, Our next company is based uh, out of Boston. Uh, It's Magnamir. I think that's how you say it, Magnamir. And they basically are tackling this recyclables problem. Like, so I don't know if you guys know, but like 2% of all collective bottles are recycled back into bottles. So that's a very small percentage. If you think about all the plastic bottles we use, um, and it's to the point of where, you know, there's a great Pacific garbage patch that's accumulated, accumulated out in the, uh, the, uh, ocean and it's, you know, between Hawaii and California. And so things, you know, there's there's a lot we can be that can be done to kind of help um, make that number higher than two percent. And so, what the team here did was they, you know, were this was this idea actually was born out of Babson College, um, which is known for its uh, you know entrepreneurial program, MBA and entrepreneurial program. And uh, they were working on it through the summer venture program, and uh, it got funded by um, the Lewis Institute of Social Innovation at Babson. And ultimately, the idea here is that they're going to take magnets, which the part of Magnumer, uh, and actually create a solution that packages a magnetized material around um, bottles and allows for 
them to take those same labels that you're already using and use, um, you know, more or less create a magnetic surface that allows for sorting to happen more easily in these uh, sorting plants. So could it, if you can imagine like a bottle with its, its regular label having some kind of um, magnetized glue or, or fixant to, to kind of allow it to, to, to have that magnetic uh, property, but then allow you to you know, then use a magnet to try to find the most, you know, find the most, uh, relevant pieces of, of plastic while they're in a sorting facility. So it's, it's definitely an interesting concept. I mean, the actual ink, um, that they're using would basically have this, this ability to kind of coat the surface and, and create that, that magnet, uh, magnetized coating. So, um, they did this as well, not just with bottles, but if you, you know, the plastic, uh, forks that we all get and throw away. Um, smaller items, you know, present the biggest challenge because you know, when you're in a sorting facility, they're the ones that kind of are, are tossed aside as they go after the bigger ones. And um, plastic cutlery is one of the main things that ends up in landfills. So the idea here is with with even the the cutlery is creating a, a plastic print that goes on the on the cutlery that allows for when they go through the facility, a magnet to pick them up and separate those recyclables more easily and, you know, thus streamlining the process so they don't end up in the landfill. So they're really doing some interesting stuff to try to help save the planet. Uh, the founder, which, uh, his name is Ravish, uh, gosh, I'm going to probably, uh, end up messing up his name, last name, but it's Kashmithia. Kashmithia. Anyone want to back me up on that? Ravish. Okay. I'll just, I'll go, we'll go with it. Magithia. Uh, Magithia. Yeah. Magithia. Uh, he's, um, he's, he's a smart dude. <laughs> he's got, um, a background. Uh, he's a PhD in material sciences from Texas A&M. Uh, before that he was a chemical engineer. Um, and then now he's an MBA and was one of the top, top MBA students out of Babson, which is one of the top MBA schools in the country. Um, prior to that, he worked at Intel in their R and D fab out in, um, Hillsboro, uh, which I actually have visited before. It's pretty cool. It's, they actually do some interesting research and development and also make chips out there. Um, anyway, he was out there for four years, um, at the chip manufacturing processing area. So he has a background in, in, in the, in the manufacturing side of things and how, how things work. And, uh, this was a mass challenge gold award winner. So, um, they've got a lot of, um, awards and over the last, you know, short period of time that they've been, uh, in existence and they're continuing to push ahead. So I really think it's a cool product. Um, I think the founder is super smart and, uh, I think they're going to go a long way. You know, one of the interesting things about recycling facilities is that so much of the work is still manual yeah. and they, they have to stop. Most recycling facilities have to stop the entire process twice a day just to pull plastic grocery bags or like plastic takeout bags out. Like, so I, I can't tell you how many of those machines I must've clogged before somebody finally corrected me and said, Hey, those cheap flimsy plastic, you know, takeout bags or recycling bags are not recyclable. Right. Uh, or excuse me, not, not recycling bags. <laughs> the cheap right. plastic grocery bags are not recyclable. And they, right. bunt, they get the machines all caught up and, and, and wrecked and destroyed. So that, that whole industry, it's, you know, in some, is is definitely ripe for is ripe for innovation and mm -hmm. the another interesting thing that um uh, i had heard along the way about the recycling business is that it's one it's actually a really well-paying job to work in a, in a sorting facility or recycling facility like i've heard wages out here in colorado are around 30 to 35 dollars an hour 30 dollars mm -hmm. an hour to sit in a recycling facility and separate the the crap that people think is recyclable like used Starbucks cups, not recyclable. Yeah. You know? Right. 
from and pull out, you know, and then you dump your, your, your coffee cup with, with two ounces of liquid still in it and it spills all over the cardboard. Now the cardboard's ruined pizza boxes, not recycled. Right. right? So, you know, this is a, this is a constant problem and it's, and it's expensive to go through and separate all that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the, the idea that you could have a simple magnet and just coat, just use a different coating on the, uh, on the plastic bottle and just pull those out of the, out of the, the system like that, boy, it would, it would save so much money. Uh, I think it's such a, a cool idea. We're kind of in the early stages of trying to figure out how to solve these, these problems. And it is so manual and that's unfortunate. And everyone's, you know, every place you go now, there's the recycling options, but I don't think, I think there needs to be education about what even is supposed to go in there. <laughs> like, I don't even know half the time what's supposed to go in which yeah. bin. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a, you end up throwing like most of it in the bin and then that's going to end up in, in the plant. Like you said, randomly trying to get sorted. Oh, I was just going to say, um, to your point, I mean, our little, our recycle bins, you know, have pointers about what you should not put in them and what you should. And right. just last week I got schooled. <laughs> I happened to be, be, to be outside when our guys came by and they, um, already pre-sort even just when they pick up, um, in, uh, not school, but he was kind of to say, no, no on this one, <laughs> on this one. <laughs> so each time I <laughs> kind of go, maybe I should just be out there and I'll learn and make sure I can help them as much as possible. So even when they come to pick it up, they're already sorting here, uh, where I live. Right. No, that makes sense. So it's still very early, but they are getting, um, looked at by, you know, these different, um, organizations like that I mentioned and they're winning awards. So it's now just a matter of going after customers, raising a little bit, bit, I think to get, get where they need to go or getting those customers to pay them to do this and then, uh, go from there. So it is minority founder as well. So that's kind of exciting. Right. And, um, like I said, he's super smart. I love people who like, you know, who are, who are excited about tackling these, uh, these really big problems, but that are so, you know, right. there are things that you would never think of right? Like this is so in the weeds. And unless you sort of know a little bit about the process, you wouldn't ever think about it. And, um, and it's exciting to see people really digging in and, and trying to find solutions at this level. Uh, I guess I should mention one more thing. Great point. They do have a um, patent pending uh, technology that does this, that magnetizes the coating. Uh, it's called Design to Recycle. And uh, it's been trademarked and everything. So they're already kind of moving down that route, which you know helps with defensibility and obviously We'll continue to help them with a little bit of um, swagger as they go into those plants and, and try to get partnerships. Unless anybody has anything else, let's go into the next company. It is PIX. Lori, share what's PIX? P-I-X. I had to arm wrestle this away from Frank because he loves loves his gear, but I know I love gear too. This is a very, this is a very cool one. I actually got to meet this team at CES. They're they're a lot of fun, hence their backpacks. Um so this company was founded a couple of years ago, female founder, and it's a, a think light bright, um, if you can remember back that far, and um, think on the back of a backpack. So it's a digitized, digital customizable backpack that you can program with your phone, and you can put hearts and stars, and um, you can choose from a library of um, graphics, or you can make your own. It's a lot of cool, fun things to do with the backpack. Um, it also has even ability to play games on it. Um, you can even turn it into a safety feature where you're riding a bike at home at night and turn and have it have turn signals and stop um, motions on there. So, so many different ways this backpack um, can be not only safe but fun. Um, I just picture a million of them at Coachella um, <laughs> was my first thought because it's so much fun. So, um the uh they developed it 
um, when looking at their site, they really wanted to make sure their creativity and they shared a unique vision with the world and wanted to affect people's everyday lives. Um, so their goal was to make sure that fun, customizable, and make it your own self-expression. Really. There was a lot of cool videos you can go out and look at on YouTube. Um, creativity where you have five backpacks in a row spelling out something to what you can do as an impact with, with one, uh, with one backpack. So, um, their, uh, team resides partly in Ukraine and China, um, but do have the product registered here in the U S and they've been doing fundraising on both Indiegogo and Kickstarter and have uh, started to go into production mode. So hopefully by next Coachella, you'll see these, <laughs> you'll see these everywhere. Um, and that's about, um, that's about it. So it's, it's definitely a novelty item, right? Like it's a, mm-hmm. it's a smart animated, animative, they call it backpack. So you've got like the ability to interact with an app, which is kind of cool, right. uh, and program like what you put on it. So I thought that was interesting. Um, the, I guess the, the neatest or most interesting feature that I thought, or I saw was their, um, ability for you to use your phone when it's like synced up via Bluetooth and play Tetris on your backpack. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of got a little bit of fun yeah. gaming element there. Um, they did knock their Indiegogo out of the park as far as their goal. They raised, um, what was it, 261K, which is 429% of their goal. <laughs> so that was last October. Yeah. So obviously a lot of people like this backpack. Um, I'm assuming they're going to do this and then come up with some other products, right? That I don't know, but I mean, I, it's the first of first of the kind I've ever seen quite like yeah. that. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully they continue along the path of great execution and make this, you know, the, the, the cool thing that everybody, I think, I mean, it serves all age ranges too, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't have to just be for a youthful group. It's fun for mm-hmm. every, fun, fun for everyone. <laughs> yeah. And you can use it for a street mm-hmm. team. Like if you wanted to program like, I don't know, some kind of like URL or advertising or something. You can have a bunch of people, you know, hit the streets with them. Uh, It's got a lot of uses. Um, Advertise that you're looking for a job down New York, the streets of New York. I mean, there's so many different ways (laughs) you could use this backpack because it's, again, back to self-expression and Mm -hmm. don't just say anything. You just put it on, on, you put it, program it in and put it on the back of your backpack and and get Mm -hmm. going. So it's going to be interesting to see how, uh, where you see it and where you come about it. Uh, I think there's going to be one on the, on the back of uh, Frank uh, one of these days. Um, I'm curious <laughs> Maybe what his if first I was message that. will be. But. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I was at Electric Daisy Carnival or something, but um, it's very uh, along those same lines. Or startup of the year, you know. Hey, there you go. All right. Uh, any other thoughts? Okay. Uh, next up, Formally. Let's hear it, Jen. What, what's going on with Formally.us? So we're going from, um, from like, you know, this really fun backpack to something that's like pretty serious and timely, actually. It's, it's fascinating. So we all know right now that, uh, immigration is a big, big issue, um, in this country and, uh, and people seeking asylum and formally is really trying to tackle that issue. So they're at formally.us and they're all about making immigration and, and other related forms easy. So think about, you know, like a TurboTax for taxes, um, you know, how it walks you through everything. It's kind of WYSIWYG. It, it breaks things down for you. Formally is doing that for on the immigration form side of things. Um, they're making it not only sort of easy to walk through, they're explaining things. They're also translating it into different languages um, and really 
breaking the whole process down for the person who has to, who has to, you know, ultimately answer all these questions. Um, what's smart about their business is they're not necessarily just trying to go out direct to the customer, which as you know, in most cases would be, would be a very challenging thing to do. Um, they're actually selling to the immigration lawyers and the organizations trying to help, um, immigrants. So they're selling it to them. Those folks now get to save hours worth of time uh, by giving, letting you know the end user fill out this form in a very easy way, and then being able to take it and process it. So they're really breaking down this complex system and simplifying it for all the people who are involved. So uh, you know the team itself is fascinating because they're they're based up in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, I. I'm pretty sure they're all sort of uh, just out of school. I think they're they're a group from Brown uh, yeah. or or in the area. Yeah. Um, smart group. They're still in a private beta, so this is brand new. But I think it's super timely and uh, mm. and it's really solving a big problem. In terms of fundraising, they're considering it right now. They've uh, they've raised a little bit of of mm. uh, you know sort of seed money on their own. Um, they're thinking about raising, but they're not doing it quite yet. They've got a female founder and, and CEO and, uh, yeah. And they're, I think they just went through an accelerator program and they're getting ready to launch and it looks like they're going to be doing a really, uh, targeted launch launch program with specific organizations and law firms, uh, you know, which is always advised. It's one of those things that whenever we talk to young startups who are thinking about a startup stra- or a launch strategy, it's like, Go out and figure out who's who are those launch vehicles that can really get this out in the market for you, and um, and that's exactly what this team is doing. They're partnering with the relevant organizations and having them already in place for their launch. Definitely smart. Yeah, I mean, I'm just you know again you know what we said about um, some of these other companies. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Magnomer and and uh, market. the the farm to table one. I think it's just. Farm to market. It's um, you know people tackling uh, important issues of the day, and I'm not <laughs> that the backpack isn't Thanks amazing. But it, but <laughs> we, it, it, we need those kinds no. of we no we need we emojis. need those kinds of, of products too, right? And, and it yeah. has huge uh, commercial potential, right? Yeah. Like something like the backpack could be enormous because of all the marketing potential. Yeah. It's and, the same size backpack though. <laughs> but um, but you know I love seeing. <laughs> I love seeing seeing people really looking at mm-hmm. um, you know hairy, ugly problems and attacking them and, and trying to make a difference in the world. It's a very descriptive way to put it. Um, thanks, Jen. Uh, <laughs> obviously, this obviously, is a, a hot button uh, in the United States, which is where we're all located. So, yeah, I don't want to go too much down that rabbit hole, but yeah, I'll say the you know the only the the, the thing about this that is that it's is that it, they're they're not. It's it's not an end run around the rules. It's not, you know. It's it, what it is is it just making the form something that that a human could understand, you know. And so the the analogy that you know that, that Jen gave is the uh, the um, uh, you know the um, TurboTax TurboTax. Thank you, uh, TurboTax for filling out forms. I mean, think about how complicated the tax system is. The immigration system is just as complicated and. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I can't concentrate with that on. Thanks for the musical <laughs> yeah, interlude. Yeah, yeah. Get in this serious deep dive. <laughs> I, I think I'm. I think I'm being cued that it's time for me to get off stage. But <laughs> the, the point is, is that no matter what stand you side, no, no matter what side you stand on on immigration, if you want to be tough on immigration, you want to be loose on immigration. Whoever you are, it's hard for you to figure out how the heck to to fill out a form, right? Mm-hmm. So we need these forms for uh, you know for to just help humans to yeah to go through the system in a fair way i agree and i was just trying to help set the mood oh thanks (laughs) (laughs) it was the uh oscar music to start no it was so dramatic i thought we were talking about taxes and serious stuff i wanted to make sure we you know Yep. Yeah, set, the, yeah. set the tone. The, yeah. the, the one last thing I want to uh, mention about this that I really liked mm-hmm. um, is that the, one of the ways they describe this is that they have the forms have built-in empathy, mm. and I think that's really <laughs> really interesting because you know of the topic, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of these people, they're seeking asylum for in these are very uh, serious situations. Again, no matter what side of the um, the aisle you sit on. Um, you know, forms can be frustrating, especially in situations where you're, you know, this is, these are life changing decisions yeah. and, um, and for a form to ha- literally have built in empathy, I think, uh, is, is really interesting. So I, I like that a lot. I like that too. That's really cool. Um, okay. So our last company is, and when you, this is a team effort, I'm going to start it out and everyone can kind of jump in. Um, so we've been doing this thing on the daily deal flow. If you're, you're not familiar with daily deal flow, go to startupofyear.com and, uh, you can subscribe by going to global network and looking at daily deal flow. But basically it's a newsletter we put out every, um, every weekday with a new startup. And so these companies we're reviewing are coming through that. And this last week, uh, was we've been doing, uh, companies from Africa. And so, uh, the company that we're gonna talk about in one second is a company from Africa as well. Or no, this is Nigeria, isn't it? Wait, I guess that is Africa. Nigeria is <laughs> in Africa. <laughs> we need a, maybe we should talk about geography first. <laughs> maybe. And then we'll start with Africa. No. So anyway, it, this company comes from Nigeria, which is part of Africa. Um, pretty sure. And uh, basically, this is a company that, that would fit in that in that space. So the company is MedSafe. Uh, and kind of na- the name kind of speaks for itself as for what it does. But um, the problem they're trying to tackle is trying to make sure that medication is legitimate. So um, if you're in another country like Nigeria or um, the entire continent, uh, you may um, have a problem in the, the drugs that you actually get subscribed or prescribed might actually come from substandard drug. Uh, they actually may end up being not, they may be counterfeit, like to, to be honest, they could be not the right thing. So patients actually die from fake and substandard medication all over the world. But I guess it's a major problem in Nigeria where 70% of you know, the medications are imported, uh, into the country. So due to the fact that there's, you know, they don't have the same infrastructure as other places. Um, you're seeing a lot of, of imposter drugs, which are causing people to die. So I guess this, you know, obviously a very serious problem. I guess it's a, it's, it's a big problem. And, uh, MedSafe is tackling that problem, um, by creating a supply chain, um, tool that tracks the, and traces, you know, all the different pieces of, uh, of medication, so you know that the things that you're getting are um, are real. So that's pretty serious. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, I think they're they've got you know they've gotten some traction. They're female a female founder uh, and a minority founder. So um, love that. And they're you know kind of in this alpha public stage right now. Um, they may consider some funding here soon. Um, and they're starting to look at partnerships with 
different distribution partners, um, you know, pharmaceutical companies, um, health insurance companies in Africa, um, hospitals, um, you know, they've had 400 hospitals and pharmacies sign up to use MedSafe technology so or service. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so pretty interesting. Uh, they're tackling a, a, a big problem in Nigeria. Um, they've gotten some awards for it. Uh, their founder, um, Vivian, it, you know, won Best Female Founder. Uh, it's one of the best female founded companies for us uh, from Seed Stars World Cha- uh, Competition. Uh, and yeah, it's pretty cool. So do you guys have any thoughts? Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting at, at our startup of the year, 2018, we actually had a company who was tackling a, a similar problem. Their founder was from China and, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, again, very similar. They have issues with counterfeit drugs and, um, and, you know, one of his best friends had died from taking counterfeit medication and, and he's now in the U S I think he's in a Techstars program and, um, and he's, he's tackling the same issue, trying to really make sure that drugs are, um, legitimate, that they're tested, that they're, we, ha- we know that the drug we're taking is, um, the highest quality it can be and that it's, it's from the right source. And, um, and it's, it's a problem around the globe. And uh, so it's, it's fantastic to see her leading the charge in Nigeria and, and, you know, kudos to her. I hope she can, can bring this out to, to wherever it's needed. Um, this is a type of thing that really needs to be, um, scaled and, uh, and brought everywhere. Sounds like they're doing a good job with partnerships if they've got all those hospitals and pharmacies signing up and obviously understand the importance of that. So I think they're on the right track. Um, and obviously this is a serious thing they're tackling. So I'm pretty, mm-hmm. you know, pretty impressed that they identified it and are, are going after it um, pretty hard. So um, I think what people don't realize too, though, is that this is, this is global. This is, I mean, just recently there was a story about how in, in the U S alone, so many um, companies are, when they do get audited uh, are found to have traces of, whatever shouldn't be in, in our medicine mm-hmm. and yet still being continuing to do business. Right. Um, and so they get a slap on the hand, but overall I think the entire industry needs to be looked at as far as the safety for, for all of us. Mm. Um, and it's, it's just not talked about a lot, but I, yeah. when I recently was listening to that story, it really woke me up about just even in our own backyard here. Um, you go to the CVS or down the street or wherever, and you think you're, you know, getting a, that your medication is safe, but there's producers of drugs all over the U S that are, that need, a, there needs to be better monitoring and better systems in place, um, to make sure we are for sure having, um, safe medication delivered to us and our bodies. And, and Lori, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we had a we also had another startup that was part of our startup of the year 2018, um, whose company was focused on helping uh, pharmacies actually verify what they were giving out. Um, yes, and ValueSure and Veripad. Those were yes. the two you're talking about. Yes, yep. yes, yes. Thank you for remembering those names. No um, because they, they, I mean. I'll never forget these these founders because their stories are so personal because they know people who have who have been affected as you said Lori like right whether it's in China or right in our backyard and they know it's a serious problem and they're really trying to tackle it. Well the reason this story got highlighted recently in the US was because it was a, a young infant mm. um that they couldn't figure out why he wasn't getting better and it turned out the medication was tainted oh, yeah. and that's when a deeper sure. Research went into, you know, what the heck is going on with the medications being distributed. So, Mm -hmm. 
definitely something to keep your eye on and just to be aware of and, yeah. um, yeah. and, and, and support those efforts. It's really important for, for all of us. And I think it'd be interesting to see on vitamins too. I don't think there's as much, um, you know, much mm-hmm. of an eye on that space vitamins and now you're seeing a lot more um like cbd oils and probiotics things like probiotics everywhere. everywhere so i'd love to be able to see some of this stuff go into like more uh, mainstream products as well just to know what what you're getting yes so you know okay. it looks to, like it looks like oh go ahead, oh, go ahead rich uh, i was just going to i was just going to bring it back to the startup here and talk a little bit more about medsafe um and just a little bit about Vivian. Um, you know, she actually was born and raised in, um, uh, in Illinois and she went to university of Illinois, uh, got her master's at Georgia state university. She also got a master's in Paris in international business. And at the, at the same time, I think it was a, a joint program. And so this is a, you know, um, a, an American with, um, uh, an incredible background who sees the problem and what, you know, and what the, uh, and what could be done and sees an opportunity to go out and make a change in the world. And I'm sorry, I, I don't know if she was born in the U S. Um, I know that she was the, that, that, uh, she went to, um, that she went to school with the U S but, um, yeah, but yeah, you know, just absolutely fascinating that is able to, uh, to build a business around this using, using the technologies and the resources that we have here to apply them to problems that exist, you know, everywhere in the world. Yeah. I love that and love that she's, you know, went to Illinois. I'm from Illinois. So mm-hmm. I always love to find other Illini. I didn't go to, I didn't go to university of Illinois, but still I pull for Illinois. Uh, all right, great. Thanks Rich. And let's, uh, let's talk about picks again. Uh, because, <laughs> because it leaves us on a high note, not that this isn't, but, uh, we can talk about what would you put on that picks? <laughs> I probably would put my doggy. Yeah, yeah, you could get your dog on the back. It really can be depend on just where you are and what you're what you're doing. That's the cool part about it. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, am I in a Metroid mood? You know, maybe <laughs> you know, maybe I just have Metroid rolling yeah. across and then occasionally yeah. pop up. Yeah, uh, that's, that's yeah, what that's, I'm feeling right now. It'd be interesting to see yeah. what what people do with it, like an open community of like. Um, tell you on Sunday, I would have had the Rams on it. Just uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, know the what, underdog. we know what, we know what our other folks thought about that. All right. So <laughs> we've got some start of the year action happening soon. Uh, we have, we're going down to Austin, Texas for South by Southwest. Um, that's the big festival that has the interactive section. We've been going down there for about a decade now. We've got a big, uh, event. We're, producing uh for startup of the year we've got a startup of the year house at south by southwest it's uh, going to be sunday uh, march 10th at maggie mays so if you're in austin texas come hang out with us uh see some great startups we're gonna have a bunch 25 to 30 companies showcasing uh there's a whole pitch competition a- aspect to it uh there'll be a lot of great people coming through so um lots of excitement you want to find out more about it go to startupofyear.com uh, there's the application if you're going to apply, uh, for startup of the year, but there's also more information there too. All right. Well, everyone, thanks so much for joining again. Startup of the year podcast. This is episode three. We're signing off. Thanks for listening to the startup of the year podcast. Be sure to subscribe and we'll be back with another episode soon.